0: Welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. I think first and foremost, we have to say this is show number 400. I, I, wow, I just, you know, I don't even know what to say. I am floored that 400 shows. Woo! Unbelievable. So, but it's, it's awesome. Last week and this week, I've got brand new shows and I, I saved number 400 for a really really special show so I am thrilled almost beyond words and you all know me well enough to know that I've always got some words <laughs> So you know over the last several years I've shared a few shows with you all with someone who has become a really good friend of mine mentor and friend while we've been working on her book And I have this. This has been quite an experience for me, and I think I think for both of us. But I'll let her speak to that. We've been working on a book titled "Am I Normal If?" And I'll I'll tell y'all that we first met over the phone in 2014. But we we first discussed this book over the phone, and I hung up. And I, I just said to myself, I have got to work with her on this book because the, the topics and what she wanted to talk about resonated so much with me that I was determined I was going to work with her on this book at some point. When she was ready, I was going to work with her. And it took a while. It took a while. She wasn't ready for about four years. And we ended up working together when she was ready. We just released the book on July the 4th. Independence Day was the perfect day to release this book. And it is now available to the public. Isn't it, Susan? It is
1: available. (laughs) We did it. Oh, my goodness.
0: So I wanted to do a very special show that we we could share the experience with you all. And to just... You know, I just kind of a celebration of the fact that it's it's ready and it's out, and just to help get the word out that it's there, and and just to we're we're both thrilled that it's ready to share. Now that now that it's done, now that we we've finished it and got it out, and we we just want to share what what did end up getting into the book because it was it was kind of we were kind of up in the air about some things and just to kind of share the experience with y'all so Susan um i'm, I'm thrilled to have you with me and um
1: thrilled to be here mm-hmm. i
0: you know i i seriously i i really cherish the time that we spent on this i really do and i i mm-hmm. consider you an extremely good friend at this point and definitely a mentor because i've learned a lot i learned a lot from you and i learned a lot about me during this experience um I, I was telling a, a good friend of mine the other night that uh, I did a lot of soul searching during writing this book. We, you know, we included we included hundreds of questions in the book for the reader to go through, and I think after you know when I when I put the computer away, I I went through a lot of these questions in my head, and you know did a lot of of thinking myself about a lot of this. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of digging into yourself that the reader gets to do when they read this book it's um, it's amazing I just I'm I think it's one of the best things I've ever worked on I really really do so thank you for giving me this opportunity I am I'm thrilled to have been involved so thank you
1: Hm, well the feeling is mutual and I do believe in divine intervention that there's things that we are out of control that are out of our control that happen. And it's always for a good reason. And we certainly met for a good reason. And I reiterate that I value not only your your book smart and radio smart and just smart smart, but I value you as, as a, a forever friend. And out of this whole experience that uh, is a very important piece of what we have gained well like i said I, I
0: this this certainly is one of my favorite projects and it's it's one of the best things i've i've turned out i am very very proud of this book <laughs> it's um I'm, I'm very very happy that you let me put my name on part of it too so thank you for that too um,
1: yeah of course.
0: But Susan has got a fascinating background. It is so funny. There were, there were a lot of things I knew about her going into this because an, another project I worked on and actually the, the way we met, it, it's funny. I, I knew a lot about her through that because she was interviewed for that book. And then we were, we were talking about some things and she just kind of casually mentioned a couple of things about her background. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. How did I not know this? And, and it's, it's funny, some of the things that, that came up as we were talking, and, and included getting, you know, being included in the book and this kind of thing. And it's just it's fascinating how different parts of your background came up casually in conversation and got worked into the book and into your bio and this kind of stuff. Let me, let me ask you, before we get into all this. Did you ever think we were going to get to this point that the book would actually be done?
1: Well, given my scatterbrain and my <laughs> overwhelm with all the irons I have in the fire, I really thought this was kind of something I was on a whim about. But I always held fast to you Uh, that you had so much belief in it. And, And sometimes I would do stuff for you more than for myself. So combining those two efforts, I knew that I had to do the book, like it was something that I had to leave as a legacy. And when I couldn't keep going for me, I kept going for you.
0: I kind of felt that sometimes.
1: Mm, I bet you did.
0: I bet you did. There were times if I could have afforded a plane ticket to come to Texas I would've
1: You would have showed up on my door.
0: I would have. I Uh,
1: would've didn't
0: give me her address until after she got motivated. Oh (laughs) I think when I got
1: really motivated. Nikki was when I held the pages in my yeah. at your house. Yes. yeah, That did it. I mean it was like this ghost on the on the computer, you know, it was like not real. Yeah. But when we printed it out at your house and I held the book, that was yeah. That that got me really on board and inspired. like this thing really could happen. <laughs> it
0: was so funny. I printed I printed out a, a a copy of the, of the rough, and it was really rough at that point, rough draft for. And she she just hugged it. She just hugged the the copies, and then, and <laughs> she, she she took it back to the Airbnb where she was staying and slept with it under her pillow.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> remember that?
0: I do. I do. I still pick on a typical New about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, uh, he published
0: has oh. that copy too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was best investment of two hundred pa- pieces of paper I ever spent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I bought you another ream of paper too because I felt bad because it took up so much. Yep. So much paper. Oh, uh,
0: that's uh, so. So I'll, I'll remember that if we ever do another one. <laughs> So printer uh, or copies. Uh, yeah, I don't
1: know about that if because I am done. I don't have another one. To but there's other projects we can do together.
0: Oh, that's funny. But yeah, well, I
1: well, and she she just disappeared for like
0: weeks and weeks at a time. And I'm like,
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, and I get you a point, and, and I would have to have an answer from you. I'm like, okay, there's only so much I can do without you. Right. <laughs> so, Right. So, so tell us, tell us about your history. What, what about your background and your history, got us to where we are right now? So, so how how did we get here? How did we get to the point where you have a legacy that we needed to share? Because yeah. you you do have a legacy that needs to be shared with the public. So, how did we get here?
1: The preface is this small town, Amish town in Pennsylvania had nothing to offer what has turned out inside of what happened in my journey to the book. Uh, I was told by my mom when I graduated high school, girls don't go to college, because I wanted to go to nursing school and so what did I do I got myself a job as a secretary which was the appropriate thing to study for so I got a job as a secretary the dean of men at Villanova University and I got to go to school for free and so I worked most of my way through, through school and that was where uh, along the way I learned about how women can be educated and make a difference in the world. I didn't see that. Everybody I knew, they were just housewives. Um, So it really set me on a path that my family was rolling their eyes at. And my father (laughs) said, how is it you move off of ring and hill which was where we lived. And he grew up, he was born at the bottom of Ringing Hill. He grew up in the middle and he built his house on the top. And I said, well, you know, it's just different goals or, or choices for different people. Right. So I was up against family values. I was up against what women were allowed to do in the 1970s. And i couldn 't stop, Nikki. I had to keep following this journey that was unfolding in front of me at, at Villanova. I was studying human services and I was using I was learning about what people what people struggle with as far as our our differences inside of humanity and I was also doing massage on the side to pay my way through school, or you know, to keep me in uh, at the um, at the Dina of Men's office. I could work part time as a massage therapist, and I I found that what inside of what the the human services degree was was so narrow and so regimented and so people get so labeled right and Mm. that stuck with me in in my college education and doing my hands-on work the folks that came into our office at the Wayne Counseling Center outside of Philadelphia struggling with being a male and being in a woman's body or vice versa or having trauma that was locked in their bodies and having memories come up of being strung up in a barn as a child but my put my hands on. Uh you know, it just kept me going. I knew mm-hmm. I was onto something. I didn't understand. Bill State doctor Bill Staten, who you'll see throughout the book he, uh, he just trusted me, and, and somehow he knew, too, that we were on something. And with each thing that unfolded, each person that came in, each miracle that happened on the path to me eventually having nine teams around the country of what's called neck up, the, the, the therapeutic piece, and neck down, the body, He's unfolded it unfolded in spite of me <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, what am I doing or in spite of what other people were saying to me what are you doing and it's all culminated here in this book
0: we well, don't you know, I think I, I think a lot of things in my life have unfolded in spite of me trying to hold them back we think things have kind of fallen in my lap and happened to me in spite of me kind of fighting yeah. against it sometimes.
1: Absolutely. And, it happened to yeah. me. It's the, it's the
0: yeah. I, I hadn't really looked at it that way until I was just hearing what you were saying, but it's like things mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm supposed to be doing have been happening and, and kind of like I said, happening to me and go, and, and and almost hitting me upside the head and going, hey, you, you need to be doing this. This is what you're supposed to be doing, you know. Just like when, when I, I found Dr. Ava, I found her as a promotional client and I kind of fell into the training and she's like, I'll, I'll give you this scholarship to help you be better at what you're doing for me. And it it just it felt so right. I had mm. to get my certification. I had to keep going. You know, mm. and the opportunities just kept presenting themselves, and I I literally couldn't say no. You know, it's that kind of thing. And then the right clients, like Tova and you and other people, just kept coming and helped me keep learning and learning. You know, and and even even the opportunity to the first, the first radio opportunity was not right for me, but I left that, and then the opportunity to go with New Visions was perfect, and has kind of worked out over the years. So it, it just the right, the right vehicle has shown up. Even if it wasn't on the right road, I managed to. I, I'm good off road, you know, so I managed to where it needed to be you know so i i I get exactly what you're saying because i've i've done the same thing and like i said sometimes it it required going off road but i got where i was supposed to be Mm -hmm.
1: so Mm -hmm. it's interesting but it's it's a gift it's a blessing it's a gift i mean how many people search i don't know what i'm here for i don't know what my gifts are I don't know where I'm best placed how blessed yeah. are we to have known I mean I had to yeah. go up against family and society and sometimes even the law yeah to do what I came here to do but I could not stop because yeah. I knew and that even though it's a burden in some ways it's this huge blessing to yeah. know yeah. Well, even even when people who are close to you that
0: should be your biggest supporters and your biggest cheerleaders don't understand and turn against you, if if it's meant to be and you're passionate enough about it, it still feels so right, you know. And it's just yeah. like what like, it's it's more their loss for not even trying to understand is the point I'm at. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, and, and if, and if, I mean, I've, I've got people that should be my supporters that don't even care enough to ask why it's important to me. They just turn their back on me. And I'm like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm to the point, it's like, okay, if if you don't even care why this lights, lights me up,
1: fine. <laughs> you know, right. you know, yeah, You have to. You have to keep yeah. going because I, I don't want to get on the other side and not having done what I came here to do. And I know this is it. And whatever is coming up for those people who are unable to get on board with us or see the value, I hold it in my um my what keeps me going is that we are here to teach, and yeah. they are the the ones who the, that are closest to us who need the the teachings the most. And well, that's why I have done it.
0: I think that makes us two of the perfect people to put this information out, though, because we've lived mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because exactly. we we completely understand the. We understand the message that we're putting out in this book because it's, you know, yeah. we're, we're not, we understand what it's like to not fit in that box that everybody calls the normal, That do I fit in. You know, it's yeah. it's not so much am I normal, but it's do I fit in? Do I, mm. do I fit in what everybody thinks I'm expected to be? And I don't. that's why parts of my family and parts of whoever have so many issues with me because I didn't do and didn't follow the path they think I should. Now, I'm I'm doing what makes me happy and what I'm doing to contribute to other people, which actually also makes me very happy, but I'm not doing what I'm quote-unquote supposed to be doing to make them happy they're not happy in their lives, and I see it. They look miserable. But they think I should be doing that too, <laughs> you know. So the fact that what I'm doing makes me happy and helps me to help other people, they don't care about that. And okay. I, I've asked one blank. I said, do you care that what I do makes me happy? And their answer has been no.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure many of your listeners can identify with that. You know, you're supposed yeah. to follow the family tradition. You're supposed to follow the family business. You're supposed to, you know, the supposed to belong inside the normal box. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a brokenness in our cultural I don't know if the word's values or assumptions, maybe. I think assumptions. I think assumptions. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, well, and that's that's why, what, okay, you have to share. What did you say when I told you that I thought July the 4th was the perfect day to release
1: this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, the same reaction other people have when I tell them. We didn't do this on, uh, I mean, we did this on purpose. This was no mistake to launch it on Independence Day and name it Independence from the box called normal is perfect I love yeah. That. Yeah, you you were brilliant with that one for sure
0: I'm, I looked at it I'm looking at the calendar and, and I had my, my last cataract surgery on <laughs> the 23rd and I said I gotta have I gotta have a week to be able to see the manuscript, literally see the manuscript clearly mm. to make sure it was perfect, right? <laughs> and then I said, okay, okay, so I could do that and still have time to release it on the 4th, right? And because, um, I mean, you know, after after a good six months of not seeing clearly, I said, i got to have time. And I said, okay, do it on the 4th, let's do it, let's do it, you know. And then, yeah, that was perfect. You said that, I'm like, yes!
1: Oh, my word. I love it. I use it in the marketing. I mean, it's part of the marketing why we did it.
0: I like that. That was perfect. That was was just the perfect response.
1: That was worth all the other stuff I put up with with you. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I know. Go ahead. Tell them what you put on with me. <laughs> well, my favorite, my favorite line,
0: my favorite line in <laughs> <of> the afternoon <laughs> is, is when you commented about spending two years kicking and screaming. I'm like, oh, at least. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Oh so, my um, goodness!
0: But yes, just everybody has to read afterward. That was that was that was for me. I like that.
1: <laughs> so,
0: yeah. So I I could not believe when we were talking about your background, when she casually mentions, okay, she just mentions casually that she worked with Masters and Johnson. Now most people have <laughs> heard of Masters and Johnson, and she just. And, and I'd never noticed this written anywhere in her bio before. Okay,
1: Masters and Johnson is a pretty big deal, right? No. <laughs> so, yes, it was for me too. And so at, at this point,
0: I I won't I won't say this as loudly as I did in person, but I'm like you what? <laughs> and, and then I insist that we're going to include this in the book. So, because I, I thought this was a big enough deal that it, it should be included, and and the fact that she worked with them, and, and there were other things that, you know, like taking one of their primary principles and theories and expanding on that and whatnot. Would you like to tell us what it was like working with and learning from Masters and Johnson? Oh, maybe, maybe for... The few listeners who don't know who they are, would you like to explain who they are first, and then what it was like working with and learning from them?
1: Yeah. So, Bill Masters, William Masters, there's a, there's a show was on Showtime. I'm surprised it hasn't made the circuit. Uh, called the Masters of Sex, if you can find it. It was a a docu series. Um, mm-hmm. So Bill Masters worked at I don't I won't remember the hospital in St Louis. He was a sex researcher. I think he was a professor also. And he started asking questions that we hadn't questioned yet. So uh, he came after Kinsey. Kinsey was in the 50s. And, and uh, Kinsey proved through his 5,000 interviews that people aren't just doing either heterosexual behaviors <laughs> or... Um, bisexual or homosexual behaviors, he did a survey of, as I said, 5,000 people, and found that mostly people were somewhere swinging around in the middle. and so he started his Kinsey scale, uh, and which you could look up, um, zero to six, with three being in the middle, and found that most people, uh, in his interviews, tended somewhere around the bisexual. Well, he lost his job at the <laughs> university because he proved this, right? So <laughs> with M&J, they started uh, particularly studying uh, the orgasmic response of women, and they lost their job because the women who would do the <clears throat> the research with them were prostitutes, so they paid people to come in off the streets and participate in, so they had them all hooked up the machines and vibrators and all kinds of stuff and eventually lost their jobs because the public outcry. So that's when they started their own Institute. M and J. Bill Masters was married to someone else. Um, Virginia Johnson was not. He She was like his secretary and they ended up together and started the clinic together in St. Louis, which is where I went there as a surrogate partner. And um, I, I guess I can say this. I had a gynecological exam by Bill Masters <laughs> <laughs> because you as can- a surrogate. <laughs> Cut it out if you need to. Uh, but as a surrogate, I needed to um, be completely healthy before they would introduce me to to a client. And they had an apartment I lived in for two weeks with the client uh, who was a gay man trying to figure out whether he was could be hetero, um, which he found out he couldn't. And we are still friends today. Uh, in fact, I'm going to meet him in Georgia on my way up to see you, and Nikki, in just a, okay. a week or two. Yeah, we still get together. He's happily with a, another man. And I helped him to tell his family the truth about who he is. And, oh, cool. Yeah, great story. I got invited to the family Thanksgiving dinner, and, and his mother was like, why couldn't you marry Susan? <laughs> <laughs> they, they loved me. They accepted him, and it's, it's just a testimony to the work. And I was, and then I had Bill Masters as one of my professors, also at the Institute for Advanced Studies of Human Sexuality in San Francisco. Very cool, interesting. Well, it's
0: it's it, the surrogate work is just it's fascinating. The the scope of what is taught, and we've we've done um, a show about that. Actually, we did one with uh, Paul. Just mm. there's so much. I, I think just this, even just the social skills should be taught in high school. I mean, they just should. Yeah.
1: Oh, it is. It's the first thing we do. We Before yeah. we get to the sexuality stuff and surrogacy, you get to the socialization and you get them out there dating or I send them to buy women's lingerie at Victoria's Secrets. You know, every, <laughs> anything that has them stopped at moving into their own sensual sexual selves that then has to be uh, joined in a healthy way to uh, to another person and it really is that's what i wrote my dissertation on i proved that the socialization skills were way more important than the sexual trainings and teachings well imagine okay
0: just imagine in in a perfect world if if they taught the socialization skills it would help in their relationships but imagine how much it would just help in everyday life with everybody if they had socialization yeah. skills right I mean yeah. people don't have socialization skills to deal with anybody right. they just don't for the most part no.
1: Yeah, I mean well, it was would... have a big missing in many areas of just being uh, you know just for our humanity. You know, we yeah. keep to the neck up. We don't deal with the neck down or your heart or connection or or friendships or you know, how do you get beyond uh, a family that is uninvolved and you don't have a sense of your own place in the world? Like how do we address some basic uh, core uh, needs of our children. Uh, It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a huge missing. Yeah. Well, just
0: basic interaction people can't do anymore. I mean, you know, they just, people don't know how to function. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, wow. Well, we're
1: scared to, too, because women have gained their own stand and their own place where before when men were mostly in charge it was a man's way of socialization and now with women uh, having a voice and with all of the diversities speaking up and finding their voice you know there is a whole new uh, opportunity to expand our understanding of, of the species, sort of, like, you know, how many species of birds are there and, and uh, you know, every other animal, except we don't, we look at putting people in that normal box without identifying and acknowledging the species.
0: Well, but, but communicate with with the outlook of relating to one another, not looking for ways to be offended. With each other,
1: yeah. You know, too too many
0: people are looking to be offended instead of looking to relate. Mm.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Thought. Just a thought. Yeah. That should be our next book, Nikki. <laughs> there. It, it needs it needs to be written. <laughs> so. it's, it's a good it's a good one. That could be the title right there. Yeah. Offending or okay. relating. Where are yeah. you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, people people actually seem to be looking to be offended, and it's like a lot of times people aren't being offensive. It's it's just people are looking. At, I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole another show. All right, yeah. now <laughs> speaking speaking of that, that all kind of leads into my next question. Um, a lot of times when we're Doing something. I mean, it's, it it can be hard to find um, your your passion or your mission in life. Sometimes it kind of hits you over the head. Other times, it can be it can be hard to zero in on on what's your mission or what's your passion. Now, what about once you you think you figured it out, but then there's all these stumbling blocks in your way. Um. What what were some of your stumbling blocks to getting to your mission, and the B part? What did you do to get past those, or have you gotten past those? I think you have, but I'll leave that to you.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, again, growing up in a kind of suburb. The Pennsylvania Dutch world of you know I had cattle farm across the street. I had apple orchard to one side of us. We had horses. There was a cornfield to the another side. You know it was um, it's nothing that I got biologically coming in (laughs) from the planet, but it definitely was my mission. And I, I don't know I I can't explain to you what what had me be able to have the strength to override two parents who said well why should you go to college neither you know neither one of my parents finished high school and the doors just opened the people showed up and I think when you when you really are true to what that part of you is that doesn't resonate with, quote, normal for your your family or, you know, location, 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 where were you born, um, when you really are so knowing and, and not squishing or squashing that part that has you stand for you and I don't know how I did it inside of my family system except that people just kept showing up or opportunities kept showing up. And I think when you stand in that part of yourself, that's when the universe steps in or whatever your belief system and it just is your guide on the path. I don't know if I can name any like particular things other than, you know, like it's just a knowing and whether or not you have the courage. I I think it takes a lot of courage to be who we are. Yeah. I, th- in in I, think,
0: sometimes, I think sometimes we're subconsciously making the opportunities for ourselves, but I don't think we realize it. Um,
1: well, that's true too. Over too scared, or oh, I could never do that. My, you know, whoever would not approve, or yeah, because there's there's been times
0: when I I don't realize I'm doing things to help myself, but other people have pointed it out to me. Um, because I I'm just like how how is all this just happening, you know? And I'll say that, and somebody will look at me like, are you serious? <laughs> mm, and they'll pour yeah. me things that I've done that have helped things along. Um mm. but but we we do have to put ourselves out there like and and like making the time, making the effort. You know, like like I've got all these people that, that say, Well it's you know, I I'd like to write a book too, but I don't have the time.
1: Okay. My yeah.
0: my first books I wrote when I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. <laughs> okay.
1: So
0: it, it wasn't just that I had a lot of extra time. I made the effort to make the time, you know. Wow. It wasn't just that I had three, four extra days a week to do that, you know. It was that I I didn't do other things, but I made sure that I cut out the time to do that, you know, yeah. while other people were going out and, and doing all these other things or watching hours and hours of TV and all this kind of stuff, you know, and playing around, um, you know, or I was I was doing extra research or doing extra studying or whatever it was. So I think a lot of times we we get so determined and so driven that – we're we're putting all the extra effort into something and don't realize how hard we're working to get and to make our goals happen. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well so it I mean it is like anything in life where you put your time, effort and attention is yes. what you're gonna get back. And yep. that is taking a hold of yourself, and mm, not sacrifice oh, right. for family or friends or whoever, the church or whoever's in the way. Well, that's that's like if if I if I sit at
0: home and go, why does nothing good ever happen to me? I don't understand why these things never happen to me. Why is it nothing ever falls in my lap? Blah blah blah. You know. Well, it, it's not going to, you know, it's yeah. not just going to happen for me if I'm not putting forth the effort, you know, if I'm not doing whatever, you know, I, I it just won't, <laughs> you know. But um, I've I've tried it both ways, and you know, one works, one doesn't. But what um, what do you? what's the main message that you want people to get from the book if if somebody if somebody hasn't hasn't heard any of the, the things that we did about the book and and they think am I normal if That's an interesting title which is what everybody says when I tell them the name of that um What's, what's the main message? What's, what's, your, what's your pitch when you first tell somebody about the book?
1: Well, people hear the word normal and can resonate with the the normal stru- the normals, the structures of our culture. Whatever culture you're in, you know, has their own normals. Mm -hmm. What I really break it down to is you with you. Okay. And that rides on what we were just talking about. Are you able to overcome family trainings or teachings, overcome other maybe religious teachings or what happened to you in first grade when you went up to Susie and said, I think you're cute. And she said, ooh, get away from me. And you never talk to another girl again. You know, it's cleaning up those pieces that can be what I call those big, uh, I, I, I tell people, I look at you as a jigsaw puzzle and you gathered all these pieces, you know, from birth to sitting here in front of me, where are the big pieces that are running the show? And so let's take that big piece that's sitting on your heart that says uh, I'm not good enough, or no one could love me, or uh, whatever the, the big piece is saying, and let's take that big piece and make it a little piece in your foot, because it's always going to be part of you, but who's in charge? And taking on you with you, and standing for what you feel and know for yourself to be truth. That's what the main message is. Well, you know, one of my
0: one of my big things with the show, and I I say this kind of thing a lot, is it all starts with us loving ourselves. You know, yeah. and and it's easy to say. I love myself, but do you love yourself unconditionally? You know, and once you love yourself, you're in a much better position to love another person. You just are. And that basically, in the book, Between You With You and You With Others that's what we're helping people to learn how to do. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. Well, it's the awakening of the message. <laughs> uh, and I think we say it in terminology that's basic and that people can hear and identify with. Uh, there's a lot of fancy psychological terms about all that. <laughs> True. But the you, with me, you with you and you with others is pretty basic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and and that was
0: something that we that worked hard on, too, is making it so it, it is it is easy to understand, you know. And, I mean, that's quite a few of the people, who that, that have written reviews said it was easy to comprehend. It's an easy read. You know, and it's conversational. Mm-hmm. It's just like they're mm-hmm. sitting there, you know, and, you know, like you're sitting right there talking to them, <clears throat> which, yeah. I mean, in the format when I pitched it to you, you loved it, which I was real glad with, was that we're, mm-hmm. we're and when they're reading it, it's just like they're sitting there talking to you in a session.
1: You yeah.
0: Know. So that's... Yeah, and that's, that's
1: how I talk to people in sessions too. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not licensed. I'm a lot of licensed therapists because I didn't want licensing board to tell me how to run my practice and how to be with my clients. I meet my clients for lunch if they want to do that. I go for a walk in the park if they want to do that. I touch my clients like a hug or hold their hand or strip their face because that's what it's about. And to me, that's what therapy is. It's that you're there as a yes a guide maybe and some information but someone who can see something in you and stand for that something in you that you may not yet be in touch with or if you are be able to stand for that part of yourself yeah so what what do you hope that
0: they take into a relationship with themselves? And that, that may sound kind of funny about having a relationship with themselves.
1: You want to kind of explain what that means? Well, one of the very first exercises we have folks do is called the mirror work. Mm-hmm. Exercise and there to stand in front of the mirror, and at first it's with clothes on, um, and go through, like, well, I like my hair. It's okay. It kind of has a mind of its own, but I'm glad I have <laughs> hair. So I've always been okay with my hair. I don't like my eyes. They're narrow. They remind me of my dad's eyes, and I don't, I don't like my eyes. I like my nose; it fits my face all the way down. I mean, every part. And you stand in the front, of me, and we tell people to come home and do it um, first by themselves if they if they so choose. Um, and it really comes down to that. I, again, you're you with you, and our physical being is is almost. More important, how we see ourselves physically and if we sit in and if people find us attractive or, you know, with all the commercials and the ads, uh, how can I compare to that? I'll never look like that or I can't have clothes like that. You know, it, it just so narrows down to what are those those pieces and parts that keeps you separated that you are then unable to share yourself with other. They'll never want me. I, you know, I have my, my one ear is bigger than the other ear. I mean, it's the craziest stuff, but, and then it's the most serious stuff. Uh, You know, my penis is too small. I mean, how many people have come through my office? They can't date or won't date because they think they don't measure up and, it, you know, we we might make jokes about this stuff and 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 say we'll just get over it, but it's not that easy because we're so we're so programmed to and marketed to and brainwashed to be or look or feel or act a certain way. So that's well, where we get. That's where we start.
0: Well, and even even starting in, in middle school and high school, you've got people, you know, acting like they're superior. You know, the girls throwing their chest out that, you know, they have a bigger bra size and guys <laughs> in the locker room, and, you know. I mean, yeah. so, yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> but um, so... Once, once people read the book, what are, you, what are you hoping that they're going to do differently in their relationships with other people? Because then you've got you with others.
1: Well, that's a good question because I don't know how to answer because there's so many variations <laughs> and issues that people brought, bring in with you with you. So, so we get the you with you cleaned up. And then so what do you take to you with others as far as a healthy self? Um, Well, and then you've got two
0: different people with you with you. You've got both of them to clean up, and then you've got them with each other, too, so.
1: Right, so you take a healthy you with you into a relationship that's struggling or you have a partner that's that's not willing or Uh, negotiable about looking at themselves, and then you have decisions to make. Do you stay you know while I'm married, I have to stay, you know the kids, whatever. what example are you giving to people around you or people who are looking up to you i mean it 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 is it's a challenge, and there is a a risk in getting you with you. There's also consequences for not and you want to wake up at, at 70 or 75 with someone who's not been a, a real partner in life that has stood for and walked with those parts of you that needed to be understood or allowed you know like you come home and you say to your wife I I'm going to quit my job and I'm I'm going to uh, invent this this machine that I've been thinking about for years. Well, you can't do that. You're going to have to support the family. And, you know, and there is responsibility. But, okay, what's the middle road? Communication. I say communication is our largest sex organ. If we can talk about all of it and any of it, then we are in full out relationship with ourselves and honest with ourselves and then full out in honest relationship with other and that honesty can get messy but what happens if we don't Nikki is we get sick and I believe a lot of sicknesses a lot of cancers that come up a lot of stuff that we walk with is because of of unheard or unacknowledged uh, pieces of plain damn you <laughs> ourselves. Mm. True. <laughs> plain damn you in <laughs> the book. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Well, and and you can discover plain damn you by reading and working through the book.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, we but, have
1: lots of tools in there. Not suggestions. We have tools, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it was um, it was it was
0: therapeutic and enlightening for me just working on the book. So it's um, Mm. well, and I'll tell you, I well, you know, when you're when you're writing a book, you're, you know, working on this chapter and this chapter and and editing, you're working on, you know, each of the chapters separately. And it was it was really cool because I sat down and, and like a day and a half and just read cover to cover. And it was really neat just reading cover to cover, you know? Mm-hmm. And doing the last night, like like clean up here there and that kind of thing. And it was it was really neat to just sit down and just read straight through. <laughs>
1: it,
0: it was just that that last read through was always really fun. Aww. But I really, really enjoyed it. Even even picked out a couple things I'd i would didn't even remember. But, um, oh,
1: no, that's surprising. You've lived with it. I know. So
0: <laughs> well, it's neat when things... Well, and, and when, when you explained at the, near the beginning about finding the original explanation to the client about um, identifying the thread from something happening when they're really young with the early messages and how that... Yeah you know they they may not and it may be completely subconscious but how it has an impact later in life that was really yeah. cool
1: <clears throat> yeah well that's where our foundations start right the foundation well, of the home
0: well it's such it's such a revelation and it's so important in in the therapy and the treatment and understanding you know and it it just well and it was so cool because i i know how impactful that is and it it hit me that hard when i read it because it just is like it i don't know it just it hit me as much as it should hit the reader when they read it so it was it was very cool to get it that way Mm. like i said i didn't remember that being in there that way so it was it was really neat to to get it like that Uh, but mm. i like that so it was
1: impactful, <laughs> so. well, good. If it hit you that way, it certainly should hit our readers in a way that they they stop and think or look or research or evaluate. Yeah. What, yeah, you know what is best for them? I enjoy that. Well, and we went through
0: and we tried to we included some um some things like cause and effect charts to show how certain things when you're younger. The impact that they'll have, they could have on you when you're when you're older, and because there's so many things that that happen in our life when we're young that can have an impact on us when we're older that we don't make that correlation to why we're doing certain things. Is there a better way to explain that to listeners?
1: To why we are doing certain things? I'm not sure what your question well, is. Well, like okay.
0: Why they're having that effect on us? You remember our cause and effect tables that we did, like the ones we did in the sexuality chapters, like the the couple down in the in the basement making out really quick because they're afraid <laughs> that they're going to come down and catch them, and how that can lead to like erectile dysfunction,
1: yeah.
0: or the rushing to get through masturbating, and then how that can lead to uh, premature ejaculation right so it's it's that kind of stuff that we we don't understand okay and then the um things that like the cellular memory things that get stuck in in the body and then they're having an impact on us later on in life and we don't realize why is there a better way to
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead. What's your question for me, then? Well,
0: is, is there, a, is there a, an easy, because we've only got a couple more minutes,
1: is there a yeah. way,
0: easy way to explain that? The book explains it beautifully, because we did a great job with it, but...
1: Well, yeah, the issues in the tissues. Really? no. <laughs> it is, you know, it just, it just lands, and we absorb it in our emotional body, In our physical body, in our mental body, like, well, I'll never do that again. You know, ask a girl for a kiss or, you know, it it locks in somewhere and on some level. And again, I think some of this stuff makes us sick because it's out of harmony, with uh, our, our alignment with ourself, our, our physical, our emotional, our medical, men, mental, and dare I say spiritual, whatever that means to people, um, that, that there's, there's places where, where things that zing us, where these um, um, messages, however they come to us through being hit, through words, through behaviors. It all, we're like little sponges. We absorb it all, and then we try and figure it out and work it out on the limited knowledge. Because we, where do we go to get teachings and trainings about how to manage if someone said, ooh, to you when you asked them, told them they were cute or pretty? You know, our schools, we can't teach about our sensual sexual side or sensual sexual, physical, mental, emotional body parts. So it's it's a huge missing in our culture that we ignore, avoid, um, distrust, and disallow this huge part of who we are. And that goes back to our early tr- our early. Development is we are completely reading our world through our sensuality, our senses, read our world. You know, you've heard me say it a million times, through touch. Those early years of of being touched or not being touched.
0: All right, well, I, not not just saying this because I was involved, (laughs) but there's so much information in this book that will enlighten and help people to understand so much about their life, their body. And I, I just, I, I just highly recommend it. I really, really do. And I just, I, we, we covered so many important things in this book. It just, it resonates so well with me. I, I, like I said, thank you again so much for letting me be involved. I I really mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Well,
1: no, I couldn't have done it without you.
0: Well, like I said, I'm I just very, very glad that it's out and available and I can't wait to hear hear people's comments. I'm thrilled with the reviews we have so far. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it will be uh the replay of the show and links to um it is it is available on amazon uh ebook and paperback um it'll be on my site uh lovecoachjourney.com slash normal if the book and thank you so much for being with me today susan and number four hundred. Like I said, I I saved four hundred just for the book. <laughs> yeah, good uh, I know, I know. I feel like I do something special for four hundred. <laughs> and and listeners, feel free to send me messages and tell me what you think. Um, like I said, lots of and and it is it is adult content. It is adult content. Um, I. I, I think I think some of the stuff they could could definitely share with their teens. What do you think?
1: I think all of it should be shared with teens. Uh, we hide out about our bodies. We hide out about emotion and and this puberty that comes on. We're ashamed or scared or not knowing what it means. I, I think. Uh, I'm sure it would be accepted in in other countries that are more open and have less um, sexual abuse and less Mm -hmm. pregnancies and uh, more of their own knowledge and understanding for healthy uh, connections and relationships. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we don't see it that way in this country.
0: Yeah, I I personally would share it with teens that I know. Um, I I think some people may there there may be some that may have issues, but I I would share it personally. But that's that's up to parent, parents to make their decisions. Right. But <laughs> like I said, I I highly recommend it, and um, I I am sure some people will complain, but I, you know that's okay. That's their that's their choice. Thank you again very much. And listeners, I will be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.